0: Welcome to the Modern Lawyer Podcast. My name is Anu Napadier and thanks for joining us. This is a podcast about rapid change in the legal industry. We'll focus on legal technology, knowledge management, law libraries, automation, and the business of law. I'm proud to share my conversation with Haley Altman, founder and CEO of Doxley, which was recently acquired. Haley tells her story from the point of view of a former big law partner specializing in corporate transactions. In that senior role, she personally felt a pain point and looked to the market for a solution. Finding none, she founded Doxley, a company that manages corporate legal transactions. Recently, Doxley was acquired and integrated into document lifecycle powerhouse, Latera Microsystems. In this episode, Haley takes us through the conception, growth, and sale of her company, including all of the failures and triumphs along the way. Haley, thank you so much for joining me on the Modern Warrior podcast. It is a pleasure to have you on.
1: Oh, thanks, Anand. I'm so excited to be here. So, Haley, you know,
0: I think a lot of our uh, listeners already know why you are on. Uh, you were in the headlines in the legal tech press very recently. You were obviously the uh, the founder of Doxly, and we're going to get into exactly what Doxly is, what Doxly does. But you were most recently in the headlines because uh, there was a company called Letera that purchased your company Doxley. And so I think a lot of our listeners will know and, and have heard of your company. And I really want to get into the Doxley story all the way through that acquisition and what you are doing now at Letera. So let me just start out with the kind of founding story of Doxley. You know, what were you doing before, you know, you founded Doxley? How did you get the idea for Doxley? And maybe most importantly, what the heck is Doxley? What does it do?
1: <laughs> Absolutely. I'm happy to go through any of it. It's been an incredible journey over the past three years, although it actually started earlier. And I think that comes back into, you know, what is the Doxley story? So I was a practicing attorney. I practiced for over 10 years, um, both on the West Coast in Silicon Valley at Wilson Sonsini, and then at Ice Miller in Indianapolis, uh, where I was both um, made it to income partner and then equity partner um, at the firm. And so, so my entire practice was devoted to the transactional um, areas. So M and uh, venture capital, private equity, some commercial lending. You know, really kind of understanding the different deals. It, you know, I, I spent a lot of time working through the life cycle of a company. How do you form the company? Help them raise capital as they grow how do you help them get additional like funding through you know bank loans how do you do acquisitions for them and then ultimately go through the acquisition process with them and so i did that all from the representation perspective and you know as you grow as an attorney you you work on different aspects of the deal so i started out i was just drafting signature pages and reviewing like hundreds of ndas in a data room and Contracts looking for change of control provisions. And so you're doing these little pieces of the transaction. And then, you know, it evolves into managing the documents and the checklist and then into managing the negotiation. And then as a partner, really managing the client relationship. And how are we going to solve their business needs in, in accordance with these like kind of big transactions? And so throughout that process, I noticed the same pain points that just kept popping up in terms of how do we have the capacity for all the deals we're working on? How do you have visibility and clarity into what you need to do to move any deal forward? When you get to the, end of these transactions. Everything is on a tight time frame. You know, a company that's raising venture capital funding is trying to figure out how they're going to make the next payroll. Someone that's acquiring another company is wants to get the deal done needs to, you know, kind of consolidate financials and move forward on a, on a specific timeline. So all of these things are incredibly time sensitive um, and really important for different business goals with our clients. So I always was willing to like kind of work through the night and make sure that things happened when they needed to happen. And it just so happened on a private equity deal, we represented the PE fund and we were doing a buyout. And we, it was like maybe like one and two in the morning and a colleague Elizabeth Breyer and I were sitting in my office, we're both associates and we have these metal accordions. And they're lining my desk and they're down on the floor and they each slot in the accordion is a, f- a file folder representing a document in the deal. And we were literally printing out the documents, all the signature pages, putting them in the folders and making sure we had everything. And we were one signature page short. Yeah, and it's, it was, it's always at 2 a.m. Right. Yeah, right. Uh, and, and it's one of those situations, you know, our client was traveling. And it's always the craziest thing. Here we have these important deals, they're closing at a specific time. Everyone knows when it is. And then the people you need to sign things are nowhere to be found. And so this is pre, you know, where law firms were using DocuSign a little bit more. So we're like, oh no, like this is a big deal. It has to close tomorrow. If we can't produce the signature page and our client is traveling, then we could hold up this transaction. And th- that's our nightmare is like, I mean, there's plenty of nightmares when you're running a deal of like what could go wrong and high level business issues you wanna keep track of, but you've gotta make sure you still have every signature page. And like, so you're you're constantly torn between all of the administrative things that have to get done. And then the important business level things that you also need to address. And so here we are, one signature page, that's gonna delay an entire closing and like a total panic. And, you know, so I come up with like five ways that our client can like get me their signature page. Like, can they take a picture of it with their phone? Like, I don't care where they are. Like, what can we do? And um, but while I was sitting there, like after we sent out every option that we could and then crossed our fingers, um, it just was that realization of. This is not uncommon. There's always something that happens in that lead up to the closing of a deal, something that gets missed, something that's overlooked, um, you know, someone that we have to track down. And it just came to that realization that we all manage these different checklists. We all have these different kind of workflows that we we map out in Word and Excel to try to give us a guidepost as to where we are. But those are really static. They're they're the second I send it to opposing counsel, it's immediately out of date. And so how do you, how do you get everyone to get to a common understanding of what needs to be done and, and give them visibility into what's left? And so that is where the idea for Doxley like really started, is in these like very these pain points that we were all feeling and we just didn't know how to address them.
0: So what's your take, Haley, on why this hadn't been solved before, right? And this is a tricky question, right? Because at some point you decided, wait a second, I, I'm just going to go and solve this, right? I'm going to at least try to solve this, but why has not it been solved before? And these are made, you described a private equity deal, right? This is not a rinky dink, couple hundred dollar deal, couple thousand dollars. No, no. Big deals that are being uh, that are being uh, managed by some of the preeminent law firms in the country. I and mean, you mentioned uh, you know that you used to work at Wilson Sonsini and and, and other other very prominent firms. Why hadn't a major player uh, in the legal tech space uh, you know attempted to solve this or you know had at least a uh, an early solution to this?
1: you know that was a a big question i mean i did so i researched so like the after that night i was like someone has to be doing this we just may not know about it you know so i did research i mean like I was still, I was a senior associate and I made partner the next year. And so during the time while I was still an associate, I was like, I've got to figure out if this is, if this is, if there is anything here. And so I did research and I started with the data rooms thinking that that would be the next point of evolution here. You're storing all the documents relevant to a deal. Maybe they're doing something in this space. So I did, I just did research and, and people were like, you know, kind of like looking at the like you know it, was, it still was very static it's like you could put your deal documents in here but there's no you know how do i manage them or understand or have status then i looked at docusign you know i looked at the e-signature providers and they had actually um the start of something that was in this like you know docusign has a real estate focus and so they had some real estate rooms for like register residential real estate where you could um. potentially instead of having to go into the title company you could actually saw, sign all of your you know real estate documents see everything you needed in one space and i was like that's great but it's i think the i think the reason that there hadn't been anything in in some of the prominent um, companies is that there's a lot to map out in a transaction workflow there's you know I think you have to have lived it and so I think a lot of companies you know kind of start out of specific needs and things like that but to evolve them into other areas like requires you know a little bit more understanding um, specifically of the workflows that are being addressed and so I, I think it I, I think it I, in In all honesty, it just was you know people were solving other pain points, but they just didn't realize you know kind of how significant um, you know the the pain point was in the area.
0: You know, sometimes I feel that uh, it—you it, know—the founding of companies like yours doesn't just require something that you already had, which is the understanding. Sometimes I think that the founding of companies like yours requires someone like you who has actually felt the two a.m. pain. You know, the the thing that motivates you to really take this risk and to build and to push and to push is your knowledge that. There are a ton of other people out there just like you who have been in this, this horrible kind of scenario at 2 a.m. with all of these paper documents scattered all around a conference room, just kind of pulling your hair out, trying to figure out uh, you know, where the last signature page is. Right? Do you think that yes. contributes to it? I mean, a lot of people understand pain points, but it, it seems like it's the folks who have actually experienced you know, 5, 10, 15 plus years of pay, actual pain yes. that start the companies.
1: I, I agree. I really do. And I, I think it really gives you a good perspective. Um, and that's like, I mean, I think you see, and I think you're seeing a lot more. It's amazing the amount of of attorneys that are, you know, kind of giving up, not giving up, like, I don't view it as giving up to giving up my practice, but leaving the practice to to solve and to to make things better. And I think people are doing it at different times. I know that there are some people that are, you know, one to two years in, and they're like, oh, my God, they're so stunned by the workflows that they're they feel compelled to do something to change them. I I think you know, kind of what what I think actually led me to do it and to really decide to is is actually making it all the way through to partner and actually having a full appreciation um, for how it evolves from the pain point of the associate all the way to what the partners and the kind of business leaders think about. I think it's important to have that perspective to really think holistically about, about how you can really solve the problem because when you think about a transaction, you've got Paralegals that are, you know, kind of helping out and pulling things together. Sometimes they're doing the signature pages. Sometimes they're doing all the filings that you need for a transaction. The associates of different levels have different levels of involvement and engagement in the different parts of it. And then you've got the partners that are managing to a different set of obligations and needs. And so like, you know, understanding how all of those things come together and then and then also realizing that, you know, even as you evolve, so, from you know doing the work of creating the signature pages, there's still a pain point. It just it changes slightly, and so having the experience to understand the pain point from those different perspectives, I think, really gives you that perspective to be able to come in and say, okay, all right, let's think holistically about what we can do. It's it's just a different kind of a view and approach, and I think it really can have um, uh, it can really help you kind of have more perspective on on what might be needed.
0: Okay, so. You uh, you've been practicing in this for a while. You've been experiencing these pain points at a couple different levels of practice. You know, junior associate, mid level, all the way up to equity partner. You know, client manager, etc. You've done some homework. You found that DocuSign has some you know some kind of angles into kind of real estate transactions, but nothing uh, spot on to what you need. What is the moment where you decide to leave practice, and what steps do you take to actually start found this this company
1: so I actually um, decided uh, while I was still an associate, you know, when I did all the research and didn't see it, um, one of the benefits of being a transactional attorney, especially one that works with emerging growth companies, is that I had a lot of connections in the design and engineering community in um, Indiana, where I'm um, based. And so I actually started meeting with people on the idea, like, is this feasible? Like, I, I, you know, it's like some sometimes software engineering still seems like magic to me. Like, it's just like, I'm like, I want this to happen and then they're like here you go and I'm like yay (laughs) like so um, so I met with people like is it feasible to do what I want to do and then I was like and then you know I talked to people about the business model I talked to attorneys when I made partner when I made income partner I actually told the law firm Um, I told ice Miller that I was working on this idea they were very supportive of me continuing it to do it on my own personal time so I gave them kind of this heads up that I was gonna do this and I may want to like kind of talk to them about it more At some point. Well, on their end of being proactive, they introduced me to a venture studio called High Alpha. In Indiana, and it's four partners: um, uh, Scott Dorsey, Mike Fitzgerald, Christian Anderson, and Eric Tobias. All successful entrepreneurs. Uh, Scott created Exact Target, that sold to Salesforce for 2.5 billion, and they were literally looking at creating the next generation of B two B SaaS companies. But every one of them had experienced multiple exits or investments in their career, and they had seen all the pain points. And now here they are creating a venture studio, which is two venture funds and an op operating company and they're signing hundreds of pieces of paper and trying to put all the pieces together. And so they're like, gosh, someone may need to address legal Like transactions. And so they reached out to Ice Miller, their counsel, and Ice was like, yeah, actually you should talk to Haley. So they had me in and I um, presented to them, you know, basically like I was presenting, you know, advising any of my clients to present to an investor. So I came in with this full deck, market opportunity, you know, how would I price it, like, um, you know, total addressable market numbers, um, some initial designs that I had, um, some clients helped me put together, my sisters and industrial engineer. So she helped me with some of the, you know, kind of Excel mock-ups of what the checklist could look like. And I took it to them. And so they asked me, so they, you know, there's a couple months in between and um, they asked me to come in to meet with them. But four days before I go to meet with them, this is one year after I've made income partner, I made equity partner at the firm. And so I came into this meeting and they said, Join us in this Sprint Week. If your company is the company that wins out of the four companies we're going to look at, then we will put some initial investment in. And then we just wanna know, do you wanna be CEO or do you wanna be on the board? And I said, I legitimately made equity partner four days ago. I think I'm gonna have to pass on um, being the CEO, but I'll be on the board and I'll be heavily involved. And they're like, okay. So my idea went up against their three ideas. So each partner took on a company, we built the designs, we um, you know, kind of gave the market information and, since Christian Anderson, who was my partner, was like, Haley, this is already a business idea. You've already vetted it out. Go get us some customers. So I signed letters of intent during the sprint week for customers who have become our first paying customers. Wow.
0: And so at what point did you really just kind of take the plunge and... You know, set, you know, set aside your your practice and your equity partnership at Ice Miller, and say, "Well, uh, I guess this is a full time job, or maybe you know, more like two yeah. full time jobs."
1: Well, I um, it probably took about two weeks after they selected us as the winner. Um, I was doing like I would go over one day a week for a couple of hours, and I just found myself so like this so passionate about working on this project it was all i could think about and then they were like you know we think we're going to need to have a lawyer be the ceo because this is a really technical product and you know we really want to like build the credibility around what we're doing and how it's going to be brought to market and it was just in that moment of realizing like, this is what I should do. Like, this is the next step. And I love, and the, you know, I think this is what it comes down to. And I think part of this is like, you know, some people start companies because they're solving a problem because they're they so miserable in what they're doing. I loved what I was doing. I loved practicing. I loved my clients. I loved the people I worked with. And so it was really hard to make the decision, but I also thought, well, I mean, who better, who is going to care more about making something that helps them than someone that truly cares about what they do. And so I, um, on my drive home that day, I called my husband and said, I'm resigning tomorrow. And I did.
0: How was that conversation at the firm?
1: You know, honestly, I was so nervous and, they could not have been more supportive. Um, they knew the high alpha organization. They know, um, you know, how amazing these guys are at building companies, and they kind of kept it open. They said, "Why don't you see how it goes for a year? See if you like it. You may not. You can always come back." And so, you know, that's one of the things that's been amazing is that I've always had this like great support system from the firm, saying, "You know, hey." You know, and like do this. This is amazing. But if you want to come back, you can come back.
0: I think that's also a mark of a good attorney, Haley. You know, uh, you you have had a good support system, but you must have been been a very valued, uh, you know, partner and a very valued member of the Ice Miller team. Uh, That's fantastic. And so I'm going to ask a a broad question that kind of asks you to distill down a couple years. Into a couple of minutes, but my question is, how did you grow Doxley to be a uh, a startup that had multiple employees, all of whom that you'd hired, um, that had market traction, that had real paying customers, many big, uh, you know, high paying customers? Uh, you know, what did you do as a CEO and a founder, and and you know, I think a first time business owner at least at this. Yeah. Scale, to to really not just uh work on this thing as a one person show but turn it into a real
1: uh, real enterprise yeah that is I, we have had an amazing team. So, you know, one of the benefits of working from high alpha is being able to attract great talent. And so the one of the first hires we had at the company is Moses Duram, our VP of engineering. And like, honestly, without him, we, we wouldn't be where we are. He had worked in procurement um, technology before. So he understood the back and forth exchange of documents all the way through an execution process. And so he was, you know, the first person I hired along with a tech fellow, Ben, who is an incredible engineer on our team. And, and we really just, um, you know, we set out with the goal of just building a team. And I didn't know that I would be able to find a team so passionate about legal. So um, outside of me, I'm the only attorney on the team. But everyone has like really taken a joy to thinking about how do we kind of solve these problems. And so, you know, we started building a team. Um, and we started with paying customers and and it's, you know, it is, I I know we had a successful exit in three years, but it is a tough process. Like it's really tough to get those first customers, to get them up on the system, to like get the feedback, be able to iterate quickly. Um, you know, and 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 hiring all the right people is hard too because you you wanna hire people that like are, are leaders that understand um, how to like kind of run these like, you know, kind of scalable businesses, but you but you also need people that are still willing to take out the trash, you know, at the same time as they're like, you know, kind of running in a, you know, customer success organization. So, so we had to do a lot of, you know, kind of, you know kind of tinkering to figure out like what's the right team that we need. Um, and then, you know, with an initial product launch, you know, we had to get feedback. We are, were fortunate to have people that were willing to give us honest feedback from the beginning. Um, we also raised capital and, you know, that's, you know, being able to go in and actually raise capital and get yourself some runway. I think that's something that can really help in these um, legal tech startup situations because initial sales are really difficult. Um, especially when you want to put very sensitive data into your system. So here we are, a young company, we think we've got a product that can really solve people's problems, but we're asking a law firm to put their deal documents in a company that they've never heard of. And so we had to figure out to a certain extent, how do you stay alive long enough to prove that you can deliver on the value prop in a way that is secure, and that um, clients can trust. So so we spent a lot of time with our early customers, understanding their workflows, iterating on the product, not being afraid to make changes um, so that we could get a better product market fit. And then, you know, we were fortunate to, um, you know, be able to create a brand presence. Um, you know, we got early coverage by Above the Law and um, with Zach Abramowitz and Bob Ambrosie, I think people understood the pain point and they realized that there wasn't really anything out there that was currently solving it. And so people kind of got, we got an ability to get our name out there, get our story out there. And I think it resonated with people. So we would have conversations with big firms in the first year and then in the second year they would become customers after we had proven that we weren't going away and that we could deliver and so so we were able to bring in those customers but our team has just worked tirelessly to deliver you know on all of the promises that you know kind of we've made and so i think those you know the 3 years was really you know first year really dig in understand what we were trying to do iterate as quickly as possible have an incredible engineering team that can, you know, build what our product team, you know, puts in front of them. And then really working hard to get firms to adopt, thinking about what ways can we do that? And that's, I mean, these are all big challenges. And, you know, I think without a team that works tirelessly, you can't do it.
0: So, Haley, we've talked about um, your experience as a attorney and, you know, your realization of the pain points um, that led to uh, you being introduced with the folks over at High Alpha and uh, the founding of Doxley. And then, you know, you presumably grown uh, Doxley to a company of, you know, several clients. Um, I, I believe, um, you know, Doxley at the point it was acquired by Latera, correct me if I'm wrong, had 10 employees.
1: Yes, uh, we did. We had ten
0: employees. And so, you know, let's let's move on now to the point uh, three years after the founding of Doxley, where you decided that uh, the best kind of future for Doxley is um, to to be acquired by Letera. Talk us through that. Talk us through. That. <laughs> yeah, of course. You know, no, I,
1: Yeah. I, oh no. You know, Absolutely. Our,
0: our listeners uh, appreciate that some of it, uh, obviously, uh, you know, is confidential, and we certainly appreciate that. But, you know, as to what you can uh, talk about, how did that all start? I mean, who approached yeah. who? And, and uh, at what point did you decide that maybe that that was an appropriate next step for Doxler?
1: Yeah, we had gotten a number of reach outs for strategic partnerships. I think if you look at Doxley as a platform and everything it can do from a transaction management perspective, there are a lot of different things that we can integrate into and that other systems, and that's what we designed the platform to be. We wanted it to be able to be an extension of, of different workflows that the law firms have. So it was always important for us to be mindful of, of what different systems we could connect into. So we had started to get, you know, we wanted to build, um, I think, I think one thing is that we, we did differently than some people do is that we didn't, um, we knew we had to build our product before we could um, actually be in a position to even partner with anyone. So we knew that there were partners that could potentially help us drive business, people that had access to deals and things like that. But instead of um, approaching them in the beginning, we needed to make sure that we had something that they could connect into and a reason to connect into. So we kind of gotten to a point where some of the partners just started reaching out to us, I think probably. In part surprised that we hadn't like reached out the other way. And so and we told them why. We we needed something that we could have a sound, you know, kind of integration discussion. So we started having these partnerships discussions and several of them quickly let um converted into an acquisition discussion where those potential partners were like, you know what? It would be great to partner. It would also be great if you would just, you know, if we could just do an acquisition type deal, that that would be something that we're very, very interested in. And,
0: and so were those companies, I mean, what, what was the, you know, I'm picturing like the this, uh, jigsaw puzzle and, uh, you know, there's one piece missing or something and you come, mm-hmm. you come to the table and they go to you and they say, hey. Haley, uh, yeah, there's one piece missing. We really need what you do. I mean, how, how was that discussion? How did that discussion unfold where, uh, they quickly, uh, you know, kind of shifted the discussion to, hey, partnership's nice, but boy, uh, you know, we sure would like to, to, to get that last puzzle piece.
1: Yeah, I think in those situations, some of them I think came from the perspective of that was probably on their mind um, from the beginning and it was framed potentially as a partnership discussion at first. Um, so, you know, I think it just depends and I'm going to, I'll keep the the areas that the companies represented, you know, confidential, but, um, but I think it's, you know, when people are looking at different workflows, there's some workflows where we can add to the workflow or there's some things that we could become an extension of the workflow. And so, you know, I think once they you know different companies had a sense of how everything came together i think there was some like oh wait a minute like if we if this this the company we were starting at that point especially we were adding customers adding customers and the the logo names were starting to get bigger and more recognizable and have more meaning and so i think there was just a, as those discussions progressed it was like Oh yeah, let's actually just go down this pathway. Um, we think it's a good fit. This like fits with our roadmap. It it you know, and so I think that's how it started. And so, so we started to get those kind of um, interest, and we got a similar you know kind of um, you know reach out from the Latera group as well. And you know they were you know they were um, they were upfront you know, was saying like, hey, we could partner, you know, this could, this could be something that might work together. And then it, it, in that instance, it it really kind of quickly moved into a conversation around um, what could we do together. And we had really great conversations about, you know, kind of how their document drafting lifecycle, like kind of mapped into ours. And it's, it's funny, i had seen them at an ILTA two years before when the Latera Microsystem SACA group acquisition was all announced through K1. And I just remember looking at the entire tool set and like oh my goodness like i want to integrate like five of these solutions into doxly i could just see how they would connect in you know, comparison tools, um, contract companion that looks at the defined terms and helps you like see if the section references are are right. And I just I just knew that moment. I remember talking to the, some sales rep that probably thought I was like crazy. And I was like, okay, so I have this company that's like six months old. We <laughs> should talk about all these. And they're like probably like, oh, you're adorable. Um, but we're like just did a merger of all these things. So so it was great to like have that conversation then for real. And I think there was like you know, um, I think they were already working on their workshare acquisition, and so they'd already started to see what transaction management could be, and you know, so they brought in Transact, and they were upfront with me that they, you know, that um, right before that that news went public, and so then it was just this like, okay, here we can bring together, you know, these great companies and really, really kind of dive in on transaction management, and I had so much respect for the transact team and what they were building um, in the UK. And I had seen them on, you know, where we were competing for specific deals and and what they'd done on the checklist side. Um, you know, it's just I I was like I was really excited then about the opportunity to not only leverage you know everything that Letera is doing to bring simplicity to drafting, and thinking about how we could just bring that simplicity to transaction management, but with a global approach. So as the pieces came together and as we started to get offers, you know it, it. we'd actually had a whole plan of how we were going forward independently. We'd already received interest um, to do a series A financing round. So we were like, we had a whole independent pathway mapped out. And so once this all like really came together, it kind of gives you this like kind of moment of pause where you're like, oh, is this the right time? Like we're doing great. Everything's kind of coming together. We're getting all the validation we need. We've got great customers, but the opportunity that presented itself um, to work with the Latera team and everything that they want to build was just was just you, it was something you couldn't pass up the the just it just fit um, I knew it would fit our team they wanted to bring the whole team on they they understood what we were doing and they um, you know wanted to help us really accelerate um, and and that just at that moment, you're like, okay, we should do this.
0: That's, that's, I love that story. I love that story. And and I I love the nod to the fact that, hey, you know, it it had, uh, you know, Doxley had only been uh you know moving forward as a startup for for 3 years right it's not like you were, yeah. you were there you know 15 years in kind of wizened ceo looking back going like ah i don't know where this is going i mean you're right uh, it, you know doxo was very much on the up and up and uh it, you know the the acquisition came at a very interesting time as you were kind of stacking more logos and more logos on those so so what is uh so give us a kind of a primer on um litera kind of globally right what litera microsystems is from a kind of thirty-five thousand foot perspective and then i want to go into what uh you know uh haley 3.0 right you know haley <laughs> Is going to be doing. I mean, what is, what is your role going to be? But let me start just by asking uh, for you to give us a, a sense of what Latera is. I, th- I know some of our listeners have, have heard of it, but they may not fully understand all of the different things that Latera is involved in.
1: Yeah, so Letera is really taking a huge focus on the document drafting lifecycle. Um they have really a similar approach um, that we have at Doxley. This is kind of where you'll start to see how these things make sense. They focus on end-to-end drafting solutions. They want to make the process simpler for the attorneys, um, so that they can, you know, focus on those key issues in the documents. So they want to take, you know, they want to make it easy to be able to compare documents. But it's not just about comparing them. There's key clauses that you want to put into agreements. They have a clause companion where you have a clause library. Um, They can help you create templates of documents. They can help you do the section reference checking. So it's all about creating and cleaning and collaborating around these documents. So their focus is like really moving documents through this life cycle. And they have an entire suite of products to do that. But what's great about that and, and their approach is they're really thinking more of like a one place for the client to go to get all these tools. So instead of you know opening an agreement and then having to run it through one system to check for defined terms, and then to upload it into another system to run a comparison. They have this Latera desktop where now everything is integrated into the Microsoft Ribbon. So you can access all of these technologies in one place. So it's it just like, it brings the technologies to the lawyer where they are and that just like feeds into exactly what we want to do. So we we know that you know you need to draft all these documents, but when you're collaborating, you need to be collaborating with the other side. So there's a whole negotiation process, and then in transactions, no document lives in isolation. So you need to take all the stuff that you might do document per document and be able to do it across an entire transaction document set. So for me, like the you know the logical extension is you know hey I need to take all these documents that have been drafted, that the metadata has been removed, um, that the clauses are all up to date, the defined terms are spot on, the section references are make sense and aren't broken. And then I need to share it with the other side, I need to bring their feedback in, I need to track against what needs to be done. And so we're kind of an extension of the collaboration side of the document drafting, and then all the way into providing almost a new category of execution and closing. And so now you can imagine a transaction space where I can run Contract Companion across every single document in Doxley because those section references aren't just within an agreement, they're across agreements. Defined terms transition across agreements. So now these workspaces can be really dynamic in terms of helping people not only understand what's going on in each document, but how the documents all relate to each other. And so that's, so the, so Latera's really document had always been at its core, document drafting, finding ways to put everything in one place and making it as simple as possible. And we're just providing an extension of that process and expanding it um, from one document to all the documents in a set.
0: Interesting. Interesting. So in a way, this acquisition and, you know, working with Latera, uh, kind of just allows Doxley to uh, realize its mission just that much more quickly, right? I mean, it, this is this yes. is where you wanted to go, uh, but but Latera obviously has a lot of that stuff already built out and, uh, you know, Doxley can kind of contribute to that growth.
1: Exactly, no, that's exactly why it made so much sense. The philosophy around keeping things simple and and making the process simple and also having one solution for things. So I always think, I, I always struggle with like, you know there's so many great technologies out there and there's so many great technologies that do one thing incredibly well and that's awesome. The hard part for attorneys is that you know to is if you have to buy like four solutions to go do one single process you know then people don't really leverage all the things that they could they have to go from system to system information is in different places you know from a firm perspective how do i have control over where my information is and so you know we you know we kind of have the same mindset as them we don't we want you to be able to do the in, you know entire workflows in one space, and so I think it really kind of comes together, and they do. It's really, you know, it's a it's a part of um, like the the mission and vision is really aligned between the two and 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 it becomes an extension of the process and it allows us to to meet our goals and to achieve things um much more quickly and and i think you see avanish um the ceo of latera is a lawyer and you know as obviously i am and you know it's a and he says it it says it better than i used to say it but you know we have friends that are still lawyers. We want to make stuff that makes our friends' lives better. So we want to deliver on technologies that can really improve really improve the process and and you know at the same time increase the you know the ROI for the firm. So it it's a it's a great um, I think combination of, of companies and and uh, spaces, and it's just it's really exciting. I love that. Uh, to see I love that. Next.
0: And so, so on that topic, what is uh, your new role at Letera?
1: Yeah, I am the general manager of transaction management. So, with the combination of both Doxley and Transact into Letera, we're creating an entire business line around transaction management. So, we're really focusing in on the space. What is the product that we uh, need to deliver to um, to attorneys that accounts for? you know, all of the transaction workflows across different geographic regions. So we've had the benefit of of WorkShare Transact having great adoption in um, the uh, UK and European markets and particularly around banking and financing transactions and really understanding, you know, how the conditions precedent needs to be, um, process needs to be managed as well as, you know, approvals. And so, you know, we're able to like, kind of think about what they, you know, the pain points they've seen, how they've gone about solving them, all the things that we've done with a little bit more of a US focus in terms of of closing out transactions, leveraging electronic signatures, really kind of streamlining the closing process, as well as some of the project management focus that we've had for more of the M&A private equity type deals. And we can really kind of come together and build the best in breed um, transaction management system. So again, keeping that focus on end to end transaction management and Serving our customers well, so I'm I'm bringing the two teams together, um, and then thinking about what is going to be that product that we're going to deliver. So we're we're working on kind of putting together the best, um, you know, kind of the best uh, features of both products to launch, um, and we'll launch a prototype of this in Q1. We've got aggressive timelines. Like I think it's one of the great things they have the kind of a similar mindset that we do. You know, we kind of expect more and we move fast, and so. Um, we're going to do the same thing to deliver um, a prototype in Q1 of a kind of a go-forward transaction management platform, and then over time, it'll be, you know, managing um, managing that vertical and um, focusing on adoption, uh, while seeing what other things from the Latera suite we want to kind of build into the platform. So, so I'll be um, in charge of of the space.
0: You know, Haley, I feel like you're one of the few people in legal tech that I know that could kind of write the book on like all aspects of – Legal tech. I mean, you were a lawyer, uh, but not just a lawyer. You were an associate, then a, then a partner. Then you were a CEO and founder. Um, you know, then you you grew your company. You sold, um, you know, to to a, you sold your product Oxley to a number of large firms. Then you were acquired by Latera. Now you're the GM of transaction management at Latera. Uh And I think I think the fact that you've occupied all of these different roles and you you've just shown this this really um, you know, amazing trajectory gives you a special lens and perspective on the future of legal. And so I want to ask you, um, what is from your vantage point? What's coming up in legal next? I mean, feel free to respond to this question from a very uh, you know kind of high up point of view, or from from what you're working on right now. And and by this you know, by this question, I mean uh, with respect to the changing business models, the billable hour, competition, you know, the rise yeah. of the before, legal ops. I mean, what do you think is coming up in the next ten to twenty years that um, is really going to surprise people?
1: yeah i mean you know i think you know it's one of those things there's a lot of themes that i think we've all been talking about forever and so at some point they're all going to actually come true but so it's it's a little hard so you think about the billable hour and everyone's talked about the death of that probably for about three decades and but i do think there is a a, there is starting to be a more meaningful shift in terms of how fixed fee and alternative fee arrangements are being used Um, i think a lot of firms have been pushed towards budget billing where the client says hey, how much do you think this transaction is going to cost? And the, a client, a, a firm will say, oh, probably about 250000 Well, in the client's mind, that is the fee. You will not go over that without like real detailed explanation as to why you need to do that. So if you aren't tracking and giving them like weekly progress reports on where you are from a from a, a work in process like perspective, you're going to have a tough time exceeding that. Now on the downside, If you actually do it for 200,000, you're gonna only get paid 200,000. So, you know, I think firms are understanding that these budgets that they're getting set to are really to a certain extent caps. And I think people have been more flexible with fixed fee. I mean, when we were putting together an ROI calculator about the value that you were being delivered from Doxley, we did it all as though everything was billable hour. And we actually had customers come back to us and say, we tried to like make your model like, you know, we tried to see, like, if we could break it. Basically, say we weren't getting a huge return on investment, and then we realized that even when we put in conservative numbers, it was still valuable. But then we realized you forgot fixed fee, and every amount of efficiency and workflow improvement you have for us actually increases our profitability on all of these cat this category of processes. So I think, I think people are starting to see. Fixed fee is a way that enables them to compete, particularly around commoditized transactions or legal services. And they're starting to shift that way because then they have a little bit better um, how they can control what their profitability is. Um, so I think you'll con- see that shift continue. I don't know if like the billable hour will completely go away, but I think you will see more practices that take a concerted look at how to bill using the technologies out there to give them a better perspective on um, what they're actually um, earning per matter type um, based on different factors. I know there's a lot of analytics companies like looking at that matter spend and giving firms better handle on, on that. And I think the more you can get a handle on um, historical data around spend, the more you can shift to these kind of fixed fee, um, alternative fee arrangements. So I think, I think you will see a continued shift on that. Um, I think you're gonna see more of a focus on um, workflows. What are the specific workflows in litigation, um, billing workflows, uh, you know, transaction workflows? I think it's it's really, um, you know, I think there's a lot of interest in how AI and natural language processing can improve the practice, cut down on time. But I, I think more attorneys are starting to say, okay, wait, these are all really exciting things, but our baseline processes still don't work. So we can add these really exciting technologies and we could get involved in something that's in the blockchain. Uh, we can look at um, you know, more of these um, review tools, uh, but if we don't have the processes in place, then we're not gonna get the the full value of it. So I think you're gonna see, and I know there's like hashtags on Twitter about bring back boring, but I, I do think that that's true. I think people are now starting to say, okay, how do we do business? What are our business processes? Where is things too administratively based? How can we approve them? How can we link them together? So I think you're gonna see um, a move towards um, process improvement and seeing if there are ways to kind of almost address multiple, pro- that entire process with one system. So I think firms are getting a little bit frustrated with the point solutions and needing to be able to either have integrated solutions. So not a problem if you have point solutions that all talk to each other, but I think you're gonna see this this need for people to be able to deliver on more integrated solutions that solve more pieces of of, of the puzzle.
0: I love that, and I think that's very good advice to founders uh, as well, right? I mean, tap into the workflow of the attorneys and build technology that can uh, kind of work in that workflow, right? <laughs> trying to trying to uh, you know get an attorney to use your tool as an added thing, an added step can sometimes be a uh, a very perilous uh, um, you know, mm-hmm. request or or you know a request likely to be met by failure I, I completely agree with what you said about workflows. I think it's very smart advice haley I, I want to really thank you here um, you've been very generous with your time in in talking to us about your whole story. I love your whole story for some of the the reasons i I mentioned uh, before you 've seen all parts of law practice uh you've been a ceo and founder and you are now the general manager of transaction management at a large company in in latera microsystems so we really appreciate you sharing your perspectives with us on oh
1: thank you Oh, thank you for having me i think this is just so exciting to like be able to like, have a place where people are sharing their stories, the more we can learn from each other. So I appreciate you like highlighting what people are doing and, and how it's impacting, because I think there's so much we can learn uh, from each other. And I learn every time I listen to another uh, podcast of, about how we can um, all work together to kind of improve this, this area that we all really love so much.
0: Thanks for listening to the Modern Lawyer Podcast. We always love hearing from you and we highly value your feedback. Reach out to me at onin at text.com, Tweet at us with the hashtag Modern Lawyer and check us out at modernlawyerpodcast.com. We hope you join us for our next episode. Special thanks to the Casetext team, especially our producer extraordinaire, Abby Hadidian. See you soon.